0: I'm Chloe Potter, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast that hopes to give you inspiration and tools to live a more satisfying life. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of the interview series Direct Talk. If you enjoy listening, you can head to the NHK World website to watch. You'll find interviews with people from all walks of life. Ambition has seen humankind take great leaps forward. Think about human achievement in medicine, mountain climbing, air travel, space exploration. Ambition always plays a very significant role. My children are huge Star Wars fans, and thinking about ambition and the attitude of today's guest made me think of Yoda's advice to Luke Skywalker. Do or do not, there is no try. Ambitious people tend to know by instinct that we learn more by doing than by thinking. They get on and they have a go somehow pushing past obstacles until they make new discoveries and find what works today's guest is holistic civil engineer Tees van der Hoven and Tees is one of those people he is dripping in bold ambition he wants to regreen one of the driest and most barren areas on our planet the Sinai peninsula in the northeast of Egypt the way tees sees it humanity has destroyed nature And the only way that we and our planet can survive is if we embrace a seemingly impossible but necessary ambition to reverse the damage we have done. TIS is using the clever complexity of naturally occurring ecosystems to find a way to help nature back to full health. It certainly offers new hope in the face of devastating climate change. Enjoy listening to TIS. Here is narrator Chandrika Shevli. I'll meet you on the other side. Ties is from the Netherlands and
1: based just outside Amsterdam.
2: So welcome to the office of the Winemakers.
1: His project launched in 2017. About 15 team members are specialists from different fields. Their goal? To green the Sinai.
2: Ada Water is really working for us solely on the eco-oasis and really supporting us on the fundamentals to build food webs, but also have the guts to calculate with it. And Juliette just is new with us, and she mainly works on using satellite uh, data to start um, putting more numbers or quantified numbers on locations which we can restore.
1: The seeds of this ambitious plan were sown back in 2016. It all started when Egyptian officials requested a water quality survey of Lake Bardawil in the north of the peninsula. Lake Bardawil is famous as a great source of natural salt. Thys discovered that the soil on the bed of the lake is highly fertile. Preserved by the water's salinity, it contains a multitude of microorganisms and organic matter
2: indigenous soils which we can use to, to restore the whole ecosystem was that it are the dead organic materials which are the the basis for new um, life well the whole lagoon is stuffed it's a little bit like the sinkhole of the sinai so she's just stuffed with 2.5 billion cubic meters of fertile sediments so what we started to realize that if we could flush the lagoon reduce the salinity stabilize the temperatures Increased nutrient and mineral loadings for primary production, we could vastly change that productivity.
1: He began his research combing aerial photos and delving into the history of the peninsula. And he realized that thousands of years back, the Sinai Peninsula was probably green and fertile.
2: You see a very big old river system completely dried up. It means to say there used to be a vegetation cover um, that would um, have a water cycle with it. It would have very big rivers to flow down. It used to be the promised land. It used to be a green oasis. It used to be one of the most fertile places on planet Earth.
1: At Sinai, the Mediterranean Sea is heated and a large amount of water vapor blows in. But with no vegetation, the dry land can't cool the vapour into rain. Tease plans to bring dredged, nutrient-rich lake soil to mountainous areas. This would create green areas and improve water quality. As vegetation cools the air, water vapour is transformed into rain. Then. Rain can further expand the green area. But hundreds of kilometers from the sea, how can the most inland parts be re-greened? Thies continues to experiment.
2: And up here we come in the section where the eco-machine is placed.
1: This greenhouse is named Eco Oasis. Circulating through its four tanks is river water of poor quality.
2: The eco itself is actually it's a kind of an incubator where we bring in the aquatic um, ecosystem, combine it with the terrestrial ecosystem, and actually have a closed-off atmosphere where we can mimic the, the water cycle. You start with the fish tank, and the other tank, what you can see there, is lots of dead organic matter of the surroundings. Because what we're trying to do is create a bacterial communities, primary production, which fits in into the surrounding ecosystems. So there what we do is we actually trigger the, um, the bacteria and the microbial communities to start breaking down organic matter. With that, they free up plant available nutrients. And with the other tanks, which are oriented to the south, where much of the sun is, actually the photosynthesis starts.
1: Using microorganisms like plankton to improve water quality makes for a cheap and efficient system. The purified water is then used to grow plants in soil taken from the bed of Lake Baderwill. Since the soil is high in salt, TES has planted halophytes like mangroves that like to grow along the sea. In fertile soil, the plants grow tall, releasing plenty of water vapour. The condensed vapour is then used to water and grow new plants. In his eco-oasis, Tees has designed a small earth.
2: The reason what we're doing here, ecology tends to order herself. Humanity t- tends to create disorder. And what we're doing here, we're trying to reorder uh, a disbalanced ecosystem and in that way trying to enhance ecosystem function.
1: This eco-oasis facility will be removed when the plants have grown enough to live in the wild. The vegetation will then grow naturally, spreading towards the coast.
2: Water budgets water, soil is the womb, and vegetation is the midwife. A different kind of perspective to look at what the function or the role is of a vegetation cover. The vegetation cover would not only sequester greenhouse gases, but she would create microclimates and she would reduce air temperatures. Reduced air temperatures meant that the vegetation cover started harvesting water. And if you start harvesting water, that would infiltrate and be stored in the soils. So if the sun comes up, the vegetation doesn't only create shade, but the biggest function of that vegetation is to harvest and restore water so the water can evaporate when there is a surplus of solar energy. And that will cool down the land and increase water vapor uh, concentrations in the atmosphere, which will mean with the cooler um, air temperature that you will start lowering your cloud elevation level And we'll bring back rain into your mountain range.
1: If the opportunity is given to regreen, nature will then take care of the rest.
2: It's nature that can restore. And we have to help her to restore it. We're not going to restore it ourselves. Nature will do it. And that's a little bit also the question now we're in, I guess, with humanity. Are we going to join nature in restoring her? Or are we going to step away and be gone?
1: Egyptian President al-Sisi is on board with Thys' plan. Now he's exploring with officials how to put it into practice. Thys loves his work as an environmental engineer, but he used to follow a different path. This is Dubai, a city built in the desert. Here in the late 2000s, Thies was involved in large-scale developments. He earned well working on a luxury hotel, resort and housing project, all on an artificial island made of earth and sand.
2: I was really busy with um, uh, constructing the shape of the islands, the flushing of the water, etc. And I was mainly doing that there and really living the expert life. Well, the expert life is... Uh, um, working really hard, um, and at night um, partying, <laughs> in, in, in one sense it wasn't beautiful because you lose a little bit yourself.
1: However, he grew sceptical about big developments with a heavy environmental impact. After the financial crash of 2008, Thies returned to the Netherlands and sought a new career path it was then he found out about the development of the lowest plateau in china as a result of human cultivation for millennia it became a barren land where no plants grow In the 1970s, the Chinese government launched a plan to regreen the area. Over decades, soil improvement and tree planting took place. The plateau was successfully regreened. On a visit, Teese was stunned
2: which really changed my life in that sense. I never been into a location of that size which has an ecology which was growing. I did not have kids at that time. And I always thought that I wouldn't get kids because the fact that they would not have a very beautiful planet Earth to go to because we're destroying everything. But there it came clear to me that we can have a future perspective.
1: The Sinai Peninsula Greening Project builds upon China's success. Thies believes this plan could not only stop global warming, but also aid social problems. One is mass migration. Migrants and refugees are increasing in number worldwide, putting pressure on social systems and creating division.
2: Why do people flee? They don't flee because they have such a nice life and they're up here, right? They flee mainly due to climate change, not always to wars. We can start providing those people with a future perspective, with jobs, with natural productivity in their own lands. And we can partly do that by funding them by the large um, uh, deficit we have on the destruction on this planet.
1: And above all, Tis believes more plants absorbing carbon dioxide through greening is the best way to stop global warming.
2: It's because we have the wrong focus at this moment in time how to fix climate change. Everybody that thinks that driving an electrical car supports climate change should really have to start look at the numbers... Ourselves, we mainly focus on carbon dioxide. Maybe we should change our focus more towards water. And don't get me wrong, carbon dioxide plays a crucial role. She was the most beautiful parameter to start understanding our our planet Earth, our patient is ill. (laughs) But it's mainly water that helps us much more. So instead of only not emitting carbon, we should value natural sequestering of carbon the same and then start looking at the ecological value stacking a natural system does. And that's, on the end, um, um, the water cycle.
1: Finally, we asked Thies what we should do to restore a healthy water cycle to the Earth. Okay.
2: We need to ecologically restore planet Earth, all of us together, at priority number one. Many ecologists try to preserve what we have, and don't get me wrong, I, owe those people a lot but we have to start understanding we cannot preserve anything anymore we need to create a new future perspective for nature which the chinese showed we can in the Lus plateau and we need to start looking at it in that way and having having said that that makes it more easy to push for a solution
0: I love the naked ambition of Thies and his team. Listening to him has made me feel more hopeful about our future on planet Earth. It's refreshing to think that we might be able to use nature to create plenty of livable land for the world's growing population to live on. Could this kind of engineering create a second chance for humanity so we can treat our incredible planet with the respect it deserves? Let's hope so. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript as well as our other stories on the NHK World website. I'm Chloe Potter. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes.